PT, I want to talk to you about your SBC trip, the Southern Baptist Convention trip. And we have a live audience with us today. Okay, it's not live, it's a virtual live audience. And they're going to be sending me questions to ask you. But why don't we start with that? Can you just tell us what this SBC trip was about? What is the Southern Baptist Convention? Why are we affiliated with it? Yeah, give me the rundown. All right, sounds good. Yeah, it was definitely a, a very adventurous week. So what the SBC is, is we are a collective of churches that belong to a denomination, but because every church is autonomous in that they manage their own affairs and make their own decisions, when we get together, it's actually to be able to make decisions together on behalf of our collective. And the reason why we choose to partner together or cooperate together and give and serve together is because we want to send out missionaries, it's because we want to support our educational institutions, it's because we want to uh, support church planting and disciple making locally, regionally, nationally. And so we get together with the money that we give towards cooperative program and we make decisions and we elect our leaders. And this happens once a year in the month of June. So it's a group of churches specifically identifying as Baptist, Southern Baptist, mm -hmm. and we get together with them to make decisions as a group. That means yes. that there is like a, a president. That means there is like a board of directors in charge of this SBC group. Yes. And so we elect the president. We elect a lot of different officers. And then who carries out these decisions is this executive committee. And we elect e leaders for that too. Uh, in terms of how they are chosen and, and so on and so forth, the people that would appoint these people and would hire these people, we also help to call them as well. And you said that we give money to the SVC. Can you explain that a little bit more? Yeah, every single year we have two major offerings as part of FCBC Walnut. So we have uh, Annie Armstrong, and this is around uh, Christmas time, uh, but then we also have Lottie Moon, or maybe it's the other way around, uh, Lottie Moon, Christmas, Annie Armstrong, Easter. And so all that money goes to the cooperative program and the cooperative program is what gets pulled together then redistributed to all the various entities and all the various organizations and ministries in states, nationally, around the world to, to do that work. I see. And I, I am familiar with those special offerings. Um, when people give offerings, they direct money specifically to there. So when we give general offering, like general offering doesn't really go there, right? Like it's no. specific for those things. Okay, well, PT, thanks for clarifying that for me. I feel like I know a little bit more about the SBC with that. Um, we have a question. How do Asians or Asian Americans fit into this vision or mission of the SBC? Can you show how our, our church specifically fits into this as an Asian American church? Yeah, that's a really good question. And that's actually the angle that I've been thinking about a lot of this, even as a messenger on behalf of our church, which is what I was officially sent as. So because we give, we're allowed to send a certain number of messengers and I was the representative this year, even though we could have taken up to 12. Uh, but in terms of where Asian American churches are at now, which we would fall under, uh, there's a lot more of what is actually happening uh, to both highlight what God is doing in Asian American churches, but then also what Asian American churches themselves are doing. So uh, there's stats that show that in the last 10 years, if you're looking at all the churches that have been planted, the majority of them are non-Anglo churches, which are the opposite of SBC as it has been, which is primarily Anglo. Uh, but most of the church plants have been non-Anglo. And then out of that, a good 40% of those are actually Asian churches. And so in terms of the population of Asian churches in the SBC, we probably reflect the national population average, about 5% is Asian. 
but if you're looking at the activity that's happening and the people that give, a lot of it's actually us, the, the Asian American churches. And so uh, one of the things that I got the privilege of being able to be a part of this year and work on was uh, to be a part of a core team of this Asian American collective that's actually connected to the executive committee. And so the executive committee has appointed somebody to oversee Asian American churches and to network and to bring us together and to be able to equip and support the pastors in these churches. And so we actually use this annual meeting to get a lot of things off the ground and to connect and network with pastors nationwide to bring together the other uh, Asian ethnicities too, um, Southeast Asian and so on and so forth, all of the different churches that we have, the Filipinos, uh, along with the East Asians. And we're saying, guys, we need to know each other. We need to build relationships. And more importantly, look ahead to 2022 when the annual meeting actually comes out west to Anaheim and people are going to come for one reason or another, but you know, for Disneyland probably, but one reason or another, they're going to come and we get to actually welcome them and welcome in particular Asian American pastors to Anaheim to be able to continue the work that God has been doing. Mm. So if, if I'm going to, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds like Asian American churches fit into the vision of the SBC. Um, I mean, it, it's not necessarily like, do we fit there? It's more like a representation sort of thing, um, more of a, a reflection of, of Southern Baptist. So we want to like kind of represent there. Am I, am I correct in saying those things? Well, I think we definitely want to represent so that I agree with you and that that's one of the reasons. Um, so we give uh, the Asian American churches, especially in California, we give generously. And that's not a bad thing. That's a great thing. Mm -hmm. But if we just give and we don't get involved and we don't participate in the decision making and you know the leadership and so on and so forth, then it's uh, to me, it's kind of a taking for granted this stewardship that we have. And so because we give and we give generously and people nationally and even in the state, they recognize that out of Asian American churches, this is kind of an opportunity for us to have. But then also the purpose of the SBC is not so much a top-down organization, but it's a bottom-up cooperation to make disciples. And if we want to make disciples, well, guess what? The Asian American churches, you know, we want to be engaged in this too. And we want to be supported, you know, nationally. And we want to have the opportunities and the platform to be able to use the resources that are in the SBC so that we could pursue the families and the communities for which God has placed our churches. And one of the things that I've really come to see, uh, especially the last few years in participating in the annual meeting is the SBC is truly a, a wealth of resources. And I don't mean that just financially. I mean, the, the educational arm, the, the, the policies, uh, in terms of the, the training that comes out, the leadership, the, the, the think tank, the, the theology, and, and, and the, the ways by which it's impacting culture and, and how it's shaping the churches across the land and in the world. The SBC is a wonderful resource to tap into, but a lot of times we don't even know how we can make the most out of our uh, identification and belongingness in the SBC. So this is kind of uh, our church's way to get more involved, but then along the, along the process, we're also bringing a lot of churches along with us to be mm. able to do this. I see. So um, it sounds like there's also uh, networking opportunities and uh, oh, yeah. resources that the SBC provides us as a church that's affiliated with it. Yeah. Um, Another question, can you share uh, if or how FCBC Walnut voted during the SBC? Uh, now, I, I'm familiar sort of with voting that goes on there. Um, and I guess this, this year, there are a lot of things to vote on, I think. There, there's sort of, not a ruckus, but I guess there's some excitement going on. Can you explain that? Yeah, um, you know what? Um, yeah. That's still playing out right now because uh, Ed Litton, who became the president of SBC, he's kind of going through some, uh, some stuff right now, and it's understandable. 
uh, what is happening here. Uh, but yeah, there was a lot of messengers that went to this year. In fact, people were bust in from all over the place and it's because of the presidential election. And it's kind of pitting uh, certain factions within the SBC. And it's not that people were against each other fundamentally, but probably the, the vision that they had for the direction that uh, they wanted the SBC to go, there were certainly two major factions. I think uh, one was open you know, to, to engage on particular issues, much more of issues that are important like you know, sexual abuse, like uh, women in ministry, uh, you know, racial reconciliation. There was more of an openness to that. Um, and then another that maybe thought that um, the SBC and the direction that's going in under J.D. Greer maybe has become more liberal and that's their point of view. So then they kind of wanted to be able to clamp things down and, and to be able to put people in office that uh, weren't pushing for bad things, but maybe it was shutting down some conversation uh, with you know, these topics and to be able to just focus on what they thought was a more pure uh, way of, of uh, being Southern Baptist. And so there were strong candidates that came in um, and, and the person that won actually, honestly, it was probably a little bit of a surprise uh, to me because he came out strong even in the first round. So a little bit behind the scenes, I got to serve in a way that I've never done before. I served as a teller this year as well. So a teller is where you're counting the paper ballots. And so if you can imagine how big of a turnout this was election wise, uh, being a teller was actually a pretty intense thing. We were kind of put in a back room and then, you know, we would wait and then we would see the buckets of paper ballots come in and then, you know, it was it was a go time. And so it was it was really highly participated people. There was a lot of just excitement over this. And then there were people that were really excited and joyful over the results. And there were people that were really upset and you can kind of see you know, a lot of that kind of playing itself out even while we were there. And so, yeah, the presidential election was huge. And the person that won took two rounds, Ed Linton, uh, out of the four candidates. Um, out of the first round, uh, it was Mike Stone, Ed Linton, and they probably represented the two, two factions uh, fairly well. Uh, Al Mohler came into a surprising third and didn't make the runoff. And the last guy was just somebody that was, you know, much more uh, targeted in specific things and was not well known. But it was an exciting election. And then I think how it went down to the first vice president, second vice president, uh, it was it was all very, people were very invested in it. Now, the president of the SBC is going to, I guess, set the direction, set the tone for uh, how the how 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 it runs i guess is that is that what like the president's role is that's why it's so yeah, important they, they they set the direction in the sense of who they appoint for certain key positions Got and it. so that's where the influence comes so the president is going to appoint people in, in in the in the certain committees and, and the certain um, entities that that are going to go in a particular direction to support his vision uh, for the sbc but then on a more broad level national level i mean a lot of times you know we kind of see it as we're looking within our tribe and we're like, okay, this is what we do. But from the outside, more broadly, people are like, oh, SBC, they're the largest you know, Protestant denomination. So this guy's the head of it. So he kind of becomes a figurehead too for the SBC. So in terms of the persona that he carries and the message that he has and the platform that he gets, even though he can't make a lot of changes personally, it's always gonna be through the people he appoints and, and the kind of the direction that he wants to persuade. Uh, but at the end, he becomes the person that represents us on a more, you know, uh, broad platform. And so there's influence that comes from that as well. And you said that there's still something going on right now in terms of who they're figuring out who the president's going to be. Well, the president has been selected. That's Ed Litton. But then since then, uh, he's gotten himself into a little bit of a scandal with plagiarism. Uh, so that's hitting up some of the headlines. Uh, there were... Um, there were just the video comparisons of his sermons and J.D. Greer's sermons, and J.D. Greer was the previous president. 
okay. apparently there was a, a personal arrangement, but he didn't give credit for using a lot of JD Greer stuff. And it is more than you probably should. <laughs> it's a lot of, there's a lot of similar passages, uh, mannerisms, uh, illustrations. But I mean, he's doing it with a clear conscience, apparently. Both, both men agree, but the optics don't look great right now. So I, I feel like we're still in the middle of trying to figure that out. And we're just kind of watching how it plays out. Yeah, it's, it's sort of muddy right now. Yeah. We're going to have to save that for another conversation about plagiarism and reusing sermons right. and that sort of thing. That will be yeah. for another one. Um, yeah. We have another question here. Uh, can you share how FCBC Walnut determines how much to give to the SBC versus um, FCBC Walnut missionaries or personnel? Yeah, so how we choose to give has, is something that's kind of been handed down to us, at least from a starting point. So the philosophy that we give is very similar to how FCBCLA gives as well as, as we pretty much tithe uh, what we receive towards the cooperative program. Now that can come in a various uh, smaller sections of it, but in terms of broadly, we give in that way. Uh, and that's how we support, that's how we, um, but then, you know, this, that's the reason why, you know, even talking within a pastoral staff, you know, when we saw that there were potentially issues with the SBC, we're like, well, you know, there's nothing wrong with generously giving, but I think we need to be a part of the solution. Like we need to be involved in a dialogue. We need to be uh, able to get ourselves in there and in positions where we can actually participate and possibly even influence, or at least we're, we're not ignorant and we're just kind of throwing money uh, in this direction because in the second generation of leadership in our church, if we don't prioritize the SBC as being something that reflects our vision and how we want to give, then that just may end or, you know, just, you know, lower or drop significantly later. And I think the point is to build something going forward and not just give and then not know why and then have it uh, be something that just, you know, uh, dries up. So so we're, we're kind of in the process now of learning a lot more. And like I said, tapping into the resources that SBC has to, to offer. But we're kind of in a unique time because even I've noticed a difference from the last few years to even now, there's just an openness, you know, to broadening the SBC, to inviting uh, the, the ethnic churches in and to, you know, kind of, you know, bring second generation and, and younger pastors into the conversation and into the leadership. And so, you know, God is certainly doing some things from, um, you know, what I've been able to see so far. Yeah. Um, I guess if we have more questions about uh, tithing and stuff or, you know, how, how finances go with our church, we can get into that at another time. But uh, mm -hmm. just to clarify, we have the two special offerings, the Annie Armstrong one. And what was the other one that we said? The um, Lottie Moon. Lottie Moon. And then you said we have like a just general tithe that goes to SBC. Is that correct? I believe so. Okay. All right. Um, we, we can figure that out if, if it's not the case. Right. But man, well, PT, thank you for taking the time to clarify these things for me. Um, the SBC is a big entity. There's sort of a lot of stuff that goes on. And like you said, behind the scenes. And so mm -hmm. I appreciate you for trying to uh, share with us how, how it works. I know that there's um, just a lot of stuff that I think you're figuring out too, as you mm -hmm. go closer and, and get into, um, I guess, different positions there. But yeah, man, thanks for the time. And I don't see any more questions. Um, thanks, man. I think this is a good place to end it. We'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thanks. Thanks.